Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Rant, Rave, and Read with me. My name is Tessa, and I'll be your host, and this week's book is Best of My Love by Jennifer Peel. So yeah, I'm back. Did you guys miss me? I'm glad my voice is back. It was awful. Anyways, I'm going to jump right into this episode. This is a Marriage in Trouble slash Unrequited Love Feels book. Um, When I picked this one, I didn't realize that it was actually a novella, so that was a surprise considering I've read it before. But anyways, so our heroine's name is Jamie and our hero's name is Chris. Um, They have been best friends since I think it was fourth grade. And Jamie comes from a middle class family and Jamie comes from a rich family. Uh, Jamie is, um, she got a degree in music. She loves playing piano. She's all this stuff. And one of her big dreams is to own a grand piano like his grandma owned it she was actually supposed to inherit so anyways um they have been best friends forever through ups and downs everything chris actually got married to a woman named bianca which i mean she literally is every single evil other woman cl- cliche that you could like think of <laughs> like everything um and they had a daughter together named Allie. okay so the book starts off with um Bianca had passed away in a car accident and Allie is three and uh Jamie has kind of been being like living nanny and she loves Allie like so much and everything but she decided that she can't keep her life on hold for Chris anymore that it's just not going to happen and that she just can't do that and that she's going to take this other job and she told Chris that he's going to need to find someone else and that it's not until the end of the summer anyways and that she'll help him and he proposes marriage he says that it's a pretty shitty proposal. He pretty much says, like, marriage you into being friends anyway, so that they already skipped that part. And she, to her credit, she tells him, I don't want a marriage of convenience. I want intimacy. I want children. I want all this stuff. And he comes back with, like, I have no problem having sex with you. I mean, wow, right? And that if she wants all that kind of stuff, that they could have it, um, that he's in the middle of a financial deal. But in two years, they can have, start trying for a baby. So she's like, I don't, you know, in her mind, she's like, I don't want this. And then she comes to the conclusion that she's always loved him. She loves Allie and pretty much why not, right? Okay, so that is the prologue. Well, not even the prologue, but the beginning of the book. And and then it jumps right into two years later and they are actually separated and they're going to get a divorce. And what happened was um, Chris is like a workaholic. Like he's never home um he forgets things he is just awful so um oh another thing was they were supposed to move into a bigger house okay well because they live in an apartment loft and uh Jamie wants a yard for Allie to play in and all this stuff and uh just she wants to get out of this apartment complex and Chris keeps dragging his feet about that, doesn't want to do that. Well, it's her, their second year anniversary, and so he forgets. Yep, he forgets. She finally, can, like, sends him a message at, like, 10 at night, and it was just, like, happy anniversary or something. And he comes up and he's like, I'm so sorry, I'll make it up to you. And that's when she brings up the baby, and he says that he, they don't need, he doesn't want to have any more kids. And then that's kind of, like, when she's totally heartbroken. And, um... She tells him, well, I'm not getting back on birth control. And he comes back with, well, don't worry about that. I'll just use protection when we're intimate or something. But the way he says it makes it sound like, well, when I want to have sex with you, I'll just make sure I have protection, which was really like, it really broke her heart. And that was like her breaking part. Like she's not, she's like, I'm not going to do this anymore. 
like I don't deserve to be happy and so she starts sleeping on the couch okay so that's kind of where they are well then she gets this phone call and um I guess I should say right now she's moved out of the house into her uh, and moved out of the apartment into a house with Allie where she is renting she gets a phone call from the hospital that Chris has been hit by a car and that um she needs to get to the hospital so she gets to the hospital she finds out that like he had a brain he has uh, a brain bleed so they put him in a coma to like bring the swelling down and all this kind of stuff so he's in a medically induced coma right now and she's hanging out well you find out that Chris has like a diary type thing a journal I guess it's a journal sorry it's not a diary it's a journal and he writes in it every day okay so she starts snooping and she starts learning things like um so like I said Bianca was an awful person like awful person like she's a horrible mother when she found out she was pregnant with Allie she was pissed because her and Chris were never gonna have kids then um his grandma died and then all of a sudden she started acting like she was so excited to be pregnant and it was because Chris was inheriting all this money okay she was having an affair the night that she died she was actually with a co-worker so she was out with her affair partner she took zero interest in Allie like at all like Allie calls um Jamie mom and everything and uh so she's just awful well so it talks about how like um they had because like in high school they ended up kissing and stuff and then they, he pretended like it never happened and whatever and so then they ended up like she won a he wanted to go to college with him. She didn't want to follow him to college. She went overseas and she was in a pair and everything. And, um, but they still kept in contact and they emailed and talked every day, pretty much. Um, he met Bianca, they broke up. Um, in his journal, he's talking about how he will, he cares about Jamie, but that Bianca has her life together. And like, it's really kind of insulting the way she's, he says it, that, um, Jamie doesn't have her life together like Bianca does but it's like Jamie was saying like because all of this entire book's in her point of view and she's like thinking to herself like I have my life together but just because I wasn't focused on money and everything else I wasn't like I had I wasn't focused on the right things so she was like part of it like reading his journal was eye-opening and part of it was just pissed her off oh and to open the briefcase she had to figure out what his favorite day was and it ended up being their anniversary which she found kind of shocking because he's never told her that he loves her so anyway, she so she reads about that and then he reads about like Bianca and him getting together. Um, she reads about how when her grand died, he put the grand piano on the auction block. Oh my god, it was so heartbreaking. Okay. But in like she left it to Jamie. Like she left that piano to Jamie and Jamie thought she did. But when Kristen didn't mention it, she totally just thought that his grand just changed her will and that it wasn't gonna be left for her anymore. And so she went and he was talking about his immense guilt and that it doesn't feel right. But Bianca convinced him that they needed that money for their family. And so he put it on the auction block and that he knew that Jamie wouldn't win it because it's worth like thousands of dollars. And she tried anyways and she left crying. And uh, he was talking about how he doesn't like the man that he's become and that he just he feels like he left down, let down the two most important people in his life at the same time. Okay, So she reads that and she's obviously mad she's betrayed she's just like how could he do this to me do I even know this man and that's like a reoccurring theme right now throughout this book is that she says this Chris is not her Chris this is not this is not the man she fell in love with and she has not seen her Chris in so long that she feels like he's just a different person he's money hungry he's career focused he doesn't care about his family where like even though he has money Jamie doesn't spend money she never cares about that type of stuff she's always been um 
more down to earth. Like even if she had money, she didn't want to spend it. She makes homemade Christmas gifts because that's just who she is. Okay. So she learns that she's like obviously devastated. She ends up talking to his best friend, who's also his personal assistant, and they've been best friends since college. And she actually dated him for a while, and they ended up breaking up because he realized that she was in love with Chris. Like everybody knew she was in love with Chris, but Chris, right? Okay. So you find out like he talks about like their wedding night and how he's never felt this close to anybody in his life and that how he doesn't even miss Bianca and that she was like a really cool person and uh so they it goes through memories like that and um the piano was a really big one it was a big betrayal like the comparing of the two like acting like Bianca was better than her because I guess she was more polished um you find out that he's been working so much because he put he's been put a lot like most of their life savings into this project and it's not doing well he needs renters for it and he couldn't find any so he's been trying he's struggling to do that so you're reading this book and you're finding out that like he's he's been fighting this divorce this whole time like he doesn't want to get divorced and so he's been like pulling out the lawyer stop and stuff and so she um the next passage is like she had a breaking point and she got pissed and she just like confessed like not confessed she just like unloaded on him like that Bianca was a bitch and that she was having an affair and that she was an awful person and then like he writes in his book about how he suspected that she was but that she brushed it under the rug just like how he brushed out on the rug that he thought he made a huge mistake marrying her and that the only good thing that came out of it was Allie and that how he she never really loved Allie and that she only used it as it as used got pregnant as a means to keep him and uh because of his family's wealth and so um you learn that um and it's talking about like how he's devastated that she's left him so um she, he she he ends up waking up and he tells her that he want he's really sorry but he wants her to divorce her divorce he wants her to divorce him because he wants her to realize that she is his only choice and that he loves her and so she's kind of like taken aback by this and stuff because he, and then he ends up telling her like, you know, I've done everything wrong, the wrong way. And I need to be focused and all this stuff. So then they, he's asking for a chance. She doesn't know. She's confused about everything, learning everything that she did, like his journal. And then also his career change. She says that, you know, like the building that he was having problems with, he has most of it rented out and that he's going to cut back on work hours so they could be there, that he will move to a house to make her happy. And then he, she says, well, what about kids? And he says, I don't, I don't know if I want to have any more kids. And it's like, that's a deal breaker for her. Cause like, remember she brought it up when he got engaged. She says, I want a real marriage and I want more children. And so that's like a really hard blow for her. And I, she also like freaks out on him and says stuff like, you know, you want me to believe, like, he says something about loving her. And she goes, I don't believe you love me. Like nothing you have shown me shows you that you love me. Like you won't even have a baby with me, but you'll have a baby with Bianca. And so, um, he's taken her out to dinner a few times. He's been way more involved in Allie's life, which she's very happy about, but it's harder because they had 50-50 custody, but Allie's with her most of the time because he was working all the time. So he's like, cut back on hours. He's taking his daughter. He, they go to dinner sometimes. So they're reconnecting kind of, but she's still like standoffish and she doesn't know if she wants to go there. Well, it's the day of their divorce proceedings and he says... One of us has to be there if we both don't show up. Well, only one of us has to be there to get divorced. If we don't both show up, then it gets dismissed. If you want to give our marriage a second chance or give me a second chance, 
meet me at this address. So she decides that she's going to meet him at that, this address. And it's the lady that bought his grandma's piano. And he went and he spent all this money and bought it back for her. And he said he never should have sold it. And that was always hers and that he's writing a wrong. And she's like, well, where are we going to put it? And he said that it's time to buy that house. And he asked, like, how many bedrooms should we have? And she said, well, we need at least three for your office. And he said, I think we would need more because Allie wouldn't want to share a room. So he decided that he wants to try to have kids with her. And he said that with a mother, like, he says that he might be better at being a dad if he, with her as a mother because, uh of the way she loves and that he thinks it would be a different experience so that's how it ends he bought his grand his grand apology grovel act was he hunted down the woman that bought the piano his grandma's piano and he bought it back for her and it's the end all right so i like i said i gave this i gave this book four stars it's pretty good it's not that long um I honestly think this is one of this author's um, heroines that actually like has a backbone and she stands up for herself because she's just like, you know what? This is the line. I know what I want. Um, you promised me this. You're not going to give it to me. Like, I'm going to I'm going to move on. Like, I can't do this with you anymore. You know, and she did. She stayed firm with that until like, I guess, essentially he caved and gave her everything that she wanted. But she did like she held her ground. She was like, forget this. I mean, this is one of her, I mean, like, he's a jerk, but he is honestly not, I wouldn't say he's one of her biggest jerks in the, in, in her books, but, like, that piano thing, like, crushed my heart. I felt so bad for her. That was such an evil, slimy, jerky thing to do. It was just, like, mmm. But, yeah, so it was, it was, like I said, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I'll probably read it again. I bought it when it was on sale. So, um... I did notice that we had a lot of people voting for other one, uh, H knocks up other woman or H sleeps with, um, our hero sleeps with H, uh, heroine's nemesis. Okay. So I got you a twofer. Okay. And I'm going to tell you guys for my listeners that are followers that do not like celibate heroines, this book is not for you. <laughs> it's not, but Next week's book is going to be Pierced Hearts by Aaron Sanders. And I will say, like, the first time I read it, I was, like, on the fence with this. Like, I was like, I don't know how I feel about it. And then somebody else, like, convinced me to read it again. And the second time around, he won me over. He's still a jerk, but he won me over. He's a jerk that totally loves, like, he's obsessed with the heroine in that book. Okay? So Pierced Heart Hearts by Aaron Sanders. Again, if you hate celibate heroines, and I mean, like, 12 years celibate, this one had some extenuating circumstances, but if you hate that, then I would say skip this one. But until next time, I will see you later.